1: Welcome to another Arscast on arsblog.com in association with oleolele.com. Uh, it's near the end of the season and if you hear some strange noises during the recording of this Arscast, it's because it's a beautiful day here in Dublin and I'm sitting here with the window open. Uh, so if there are birds twittering or or lawnmowers going off or or traffic or uh, police helicopters around, don't pay any attention to it. I just hope that a wasp doesn't fly in and somehow get down my pants and sting me right on my anus that'd be really really bad well what else is there to say about that coming up on this week's arsecast we have got all your usual favorites the man in the bar is here arson winger hawkins is here the legend that is perry groves returns for another blog chat and there's all sorts of other bits and pieces of crap and what have you in there so what's been happening since we spoken last well, it's been a bad week in Europe for most English sides. Um, the dream final of United versus Chelsea um, will now take place at Wembley instead of Athens. And it won't be for the Champions League. It'll be for the FA Cup. A fairly toothless performance from United and uh, Chelsea <laughs> out on penalties again. What can you do except laugh in terms of Arsenal? What's been happening? Uh, Not much. It's been a quiet week. We played Fulham on Sunday. Uh, A great goal uh, to start with early uh, from Baptista. And then he reverted to type after that. Um, We had uh, other goals, of course, from Adibayor to sort of clinch it after Fulham had been let back into the game. After some crazy goalkeeping from Jens Lehmann. Um, And he's worrying me, I have to say. I know everyone says he's a great keeper. And he is a great keeper. But... But... His brain seems to be, you know, not quite, not quite with it. Maybe it's end-of-season stuff, but still, you would expect better uh, from Jens. Um, and uh, he, of course, has signed a new contract and, and will be at the club next year. Whether or not he's going to be number one for the whole year remains to be seen. Um, So, as you said, Adi Bajor scored, and Gilberto got his ninth league goal of the season uh, with about... How many penalties is that now for Gilberto? Must be five. At least five, no? Um, So, there you go. A 3-1 win over Fulham, who look like they are going down. Uh, This week, we have got Chelsea on Sunday at the Grove, and depending on what happens in the Manchester derby tomorrow, between Manchester City and Manchester United, of course not Manchester Rovers and Manchester Academicals. That's a different sport altogether. But anyway, depending on what happens in that game, United could win the league if we beat Chelsea. Now, I know a lot of people are sort of confused and and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conflicted about who they want to win the league. But to me, I suppose if you have to choose, it it would have to be United because at least they're a football team, you know. They're, yeah, we've had some rivalries. We, we've hated each other in the past. We've called them names and made fun of them, and they've done the same to us. And But that's been born out of out of, uh, a footballing rivalry that's created uh, by each club organically by bringing in good manager, good players, um, based on the resources available to each club. And, of course, then you've got Chelsea that's come along and won it the last two years, but it's false. Absolutely false. But then some people will say, well, if Chelsea's so false, wouldn't it be better for Chelsea to win the title? Well, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, of course, the one thing you have to bear in mind, of course, is that Chelsea have Ashley Cole. And Ashley Cole went on and on and on and on about how he made the right move to Chelsea because he wanted to win medals. Well, he got a Carling Cup medal for being a substitute. And the most productive thing he did that day was run up and down the sidelines while he was warming up, kissing the Chelsea badge in front of Arsenal fans. Little cunt. Um, So, no Champions League medal for Ashley and no league title medal for Ashley would make United winning the league absolutely acceptable to me. Anything that causes him more misery is good, despite whoever that might cheer up. That's the way I look at it anyway. We'll uh, look a little bit more ahead to the Chelsea game later on in the podcast. Now then, is there a specific theme running through this show? Who can tell? Arsene Wenger-Hawkins is here, though.
2: So there I was driving along when my agent phoned me up. Hey, Arsene Wenger-Hawkins, he said, you know that club you love that you have supported since you were a boy? Well, they have offered to double your wages. Wow, that's fantastic, I said. I nearly swerved off the road with excitement. In fact, I did swerve off the road and career into a bus full of orphans, killing them all. But I didn't mind. I just had my wages doubled. Not only that I had a pop star wife, who did all those things to me that other women wouldn't do because they didn't want to get dirt underneath their fingernails, and life was good. Then this Russian-sounding Portuguese bloke came up to me and said, I want you. I said, what? He said, I want you. I said, in what manner do you want me? He said, as a footballer first. After that we'll see what happens. Wink wink. I said, and why have you brought this uncle-fester looking cunt will you? Do you think making me look at his disgusting, ugly face will help your cause? He said, we'll pay you £90,000 a week. I said, really, there's more to life than money. If I was earning £100 a week and you offered me £90,000 then I'd think about it but I have a long career ahead of me at the club I love, so you can fuck off. Then I made a phone call and in came my friend. Dr. Chippy, and he brought with him a grizzly bear who raped the Russian-sounding Portuguese bloke and tore the stomach out of the bald country. Some people have principles, you know. Little cunt stoned, though. Paxi, lying, cheating, greedy, stupid little cunt Oh, yes.
1: Arsene Finger hawkins will, of course, be back on next week's Arscast. Now then, uh, late last year, two football books were released. One was written by A money-hungry, greedy, duplicitous, avaricious, lying little cunt with the face of a cunt who looks like a cunt, and actually is a cunt. And the other was written by Perry Groves. Uh, Back then, Arsblog launched a campaign uh, to ensure that Perry's book sold more copies than Ashley Cole's book. And it seems to have worked. It was picked up by the mainstream media, if you will, reported in newspapers on other websites... Uh, on message boards, internet forums, carved on walls. In fact, it was so popular, this campaign, that uh, the person who invented the time machine went back in time and did cave drawings somewhere deep in the south of France to ensure that it would be enshrined in the minds of generations and generations of people that when these books came out, they should buy Perry Grove's book and not Ashley Cole's book. Back then, as part of the campaign, uh, Perry actually appeared on the Arsecast, one of the very early Arsecasts, uh, which gave the the whole thing a bit of credibility, which, you know, I desperately need at the best of times. Um, and uh, things kicked on from there. So I, I was delighted earlier this week to chat to Perry again to find out how things have gone since then. And we'll talk a little bit about Arsenal and what's been going on there since we spoke to him last. So here's this week's blog chat with Perry Groves. <coughs> Right now on the Arscast, I'm very happy to welcome back Perry Groves. Hi, Perry. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm um, uh, all right. I'm stuck
3: in traffic at the moment, but at least I'm, I'm only missing the Man United Milan games. So that's not that classic, really.
1: <laughs> all right. When, yeah. when we spoke to you last, the, the book was just coming out. And we were very uh, keen to make sure that it sold more copies than Ashley Cole. I think it turns out it did sell an awful lot more copies than Ashley Cole. How how have you been going with the book and the reaction that you've got to it from fans and and supporters groups and everything?
3: You did a great job for me because you were one of the first people that I spoke to uh, about the book. Um, And obviously you mentioned the Ashley Cole uh, scenario where in, in hindsight it was lucky that both our books come out at the same time, although it wasn't planned. Um, because my book uh, obviously was uh, how privileged I was to play and uh, how honored I was to play and what a great time I had and he was a self-serving how hard done by he was um, and how lucky Arsenal was to have him um, and, uh, and there was a campaign that was launched and uh, thankfully all the Arsenal fans which I'm forever grateful to have, have got behind it and it um, I think it outsold Ashley Coles by about 4 or 5 to 1 and I was I was amazed, um, obviously, at the reaction uh, of fans buying it. But the, the best thing about it is when people have bought it, they've come up to him and said to him, Read your book, loved it, made me laugh. So that, that was all I was sort of after, really, you know, just giving insight to uh, what trouble was like off the pitch. Um, and especially if Arsenal fans have enjoyed it, then that means that, that's all the more pleasing for me because it's, you know, I'm, in the end, I'm a fan just the same as what they are.
1: Brilliant. And has it has it meant um, a sort of a higher profile, maybe a bit more media work and things like that?
3: Yes, it has, yeah. If it's all sort of rolled one from another after doing uh, interviews with people like yourself and, you know, like radio interviews and, and, and uh, interviews in the paper, then I think people have probably forgotten about me, to be honest. And um, and then it sort of brings you back to their attention. And then reading the book, I think hopefully the book comes across that I was like, um, like Arsenal through and through, and it was, uh, you know, a privilege for me to play of all this rubbish, like kissing your badge to prove, you know, how much it meant to you, so, um, at least it's an, an honest bare knuckle book, um, and it has helped, you know, just uh, raise a profile a little bit, and um, doing the court stuff at Arsenal as well before the games uh, has helped, and um, I, just, I just find it, you know, um, quite humbling that people, one, do remember you, and number two, want to talk to you.
1: Brilliant, well that's fantastic. Um, let's talk a little bit about Arsenal then. Everything looked quite bright this season up until the Carling Cup final and, and after the Carling Cup final uh, it took a bit of a nosedive, didn't it? Um, how did you see the, the reaction of the team after after that sort of disappointment and going out of Europe? Um, how did you see things?
3: I didn't see, to be honest, I didn't see as much of the Carling Cup final as a turning point. I, I think it was a, a combination of things. Um, Van Persie getting injured uh, in around Christmas time where he looked like he was going to come to the and be a major player, which I'm sure he will be next year. Uh, Henri hasn't been himself all season, which people can see that he's, he's probably, you know, he's fatigue or he's picked up a few injuries. So with those two, you're missing sort of 30, 35 goals. And if you go back through the season, the thing that Arsenal, every game that I've seen them play, um, they've, they've dominated most of the games. In even the games that they haven't dominated, they always have five or six clear-cut chances. And they haven't been ruthless enough in, in taking those chances. And then when you're playing against the better sides, they'll punish you. So um, it's been a, quite a big learning curve for them. And what they've got to get next year is just got to get a little bit more resilience. Maybe learn to, to win ugly um, rather than the beautiful football that they can play. Um, and I, I'm expecting a big, big season next year. I wouldn't expect too many uh, major signings because... I think that the way that Arsene Weng will be looking at it is uh, he's got Diaby coming back, so he's your sort of forceful, strong midfield player that they've been missing. Um, you've got Van Persie coming back, uh, obviously from injury. You've got Enrico, so really you're getting like three major players. Um, if it was me, I'd be looking to sign a couple just to freshen up. Every team needs to be freshened up a little bit, you know, just to keep the other players on their toes and get the competition for places. Um, they're probably. Missing um, uh, a workman-like midfield player, and I wouldn't put Jarby in that close because in that class, because he, to be honest, he's he's going to be a world world class star. Um, his, his physical presence will help Festabrigas immensely, but I still think you need a, a Ray Tyler, Tyler type of player uh, in there um, in some games when the game gets tough, or people can look to him, you know, and think right, we've got to roll our up here, and, and they lead by example. You've got to have someone in there who's going to sort of pull the team up by the scruff of his neck. Um, and when Diaby came back into the side, the couple of times I saw him at the Emirates, especially the Man City game at home, he completely dominated and, and drove that game and drove Arsenal forward. So It was only 20, 25 minutes, um, and the pace of their game was totally different. I and mean, then when he went off, they lost a little bit direction. So um, I'm expecting that the younger players have got to grow up next year. They've had their. Um, You get a saying in football where you get your first season free, where no one knows anything about you. Um, And next year, everybody can see how fantastically talented they are and the ability they've got. Now they've got to prove that they're going to be great players and the only to do that is by going on
1: winning trophies. Sure, it's a bit make or break, isn't it, for some of them? Because um, uh, the standards, Arsene Wenger has set the standards, you know, very high since he came to Arsenal, and and for nine years we didn't finish any lower than second. We've now had sure. two seasons where I suppose we're going to finish fourth, unless you know we can overtake Liverpool. Uh, sure. The standards uh, have been set, so you're you're judged by them in a way. So if if we don't do it next season there's big pressure not only on the players but on the manager as well um,
3: there'll be pressure Arsene Wenger will be manager as long as what he wants to be manager um, when you're looking around he's took the club onto another level which George Brown started obviously back in the 80s um, with the way that he, if you ask any Arsenal fans now the way that he wants to play football you can hear all the Chelsea fans moaning about Mourinho although they've won two championships in the last two years this year their football hasn't been particularly attractive and easy on the eye um, and the way that Arsenal playing now, if you can emulate Manchester United as it as an example of playing the game in the right way, because people are paying a lot of money these days to go and watch the Premier League games, so I think fans have the right to be entertained, and they're getting that at the Emirates, but they're not getting the winning uh, winning of trophies at the moment. So Veng uh, will be there as long as what he wants to be manager. Um, as for the players. Uh, you might see uh, a few changes because you, potential is great, but you've got to, you know, have the end product to it. So, but I've got every confidence in. In the young side
1: uh, next year, definitely. Okay. Um, one thing, you talk about Arsene Wenger, and obviously the, the David Dean situation is is uh, is very much in the news at the moment. Were you, number one, surprised about uh, David Dean and the manner of his departure from the club and the reasons behind it? Uh, and what would you think, generally, what are your feelings about Arsenal being taken over by an American like Stan Kroenke? I
3: was amazed that David Dean left uh, as quickly uh, and as abruptly as what he did, because make no mistake, David Dean is Arsenal through and through. He's very, very, very close to Arsene Wenger. They've been both have been instrumental in, in taking the club forward. And trust me, David Dean has only got Arsenal's uh, best interest at heart. And I think what you've got at the moment is you've got two um, sets of people who have both got Arsenal's best interests at heart, but are both uh, think that the club is going in different directions. You've got the old traditional, you know, the board members who... I want to keep the tradition quite rightly of Arsenal and, um, you know, what's been uh, going on over the years. And you've got David Dean as the sort of the the go-getting entrepreneurial type of figure. Um, and he.
0: Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.
3: He realizes with all the takeovers that have gone on other clubs, at Liverpool, at Aston Villa, gone on at Manchester United, to be up there. And make no mistake, he wants to make Arsenal the biggest club in the world and the best club in the world. And he probably looked at it and thought, we, we, we're not going to do that with um, the way we're going at the moment because we need some other investment. He would have gone and done his homework on Kronk. Um, so you're not just getting a rogue billionaire coming in who's got no interest in football. Um, and if there was to be a takeover... Then I, as an Arsenal fan, I would want someone like David Dean involved in it because even though the club would be going in, a, in an exciting direction, you would know that you've got someone in there who's battling on behalf of the club and the best interest. If you get someone else coming to take over, you don't know what you're going to get. So, uh, and I'd be very surprised if if David Dean um, doesn't resurface as a takeover bid or somewhere along the line. I think he'll come back with a, you know, with a sort of a. Uh, uh, is it a hostile takeover, I think they call it sure okay um, um, but, but, yeah, but that hasn 't finished that 's got still plenty to run I think
1: yeah i don 't think we 've heard the end of that one. I, I suppose one not. thing that we would say is that uh, Arsene is very much his own man isn 't he? His future is not necessarily uh tied directly with David Dean, despite how no. g- how much they 've worked together
3: no no they, uh, the, the, i wouldn 't say you know just with David Dean has gone um, after being thinking right i 'm going, David Dean was definitely probably his closest ally, you know, within the club, and they probably could see, um, you know, the club that they wanted, the direction they wanted to take it you know, into. But make no mistake, this isn't like the death knell of Arsenal football club. David Dean, at the end of the day, he's got his best interest. Also, at the end of the day, he was uh, a director or vice chairman. I can't remember what his title was. Vice um, chairman. Vice chairman. Um, if Arsenal Wenger would have left, then it would have been an absolute catastrophe. At the end of the day, vice-chairmen don't win your trophies. True enough. Managers and players win your trophies. So, you know, it's, uh, it's unsettling um, at, the, at the worst, at the best. Um, you've still got Arsenal Wenger, there. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be panicking uh, too much if I was an Arsenal fan. It's just going to be interesting over summer which way it pans out.
1: True. OK, Perry, listen, we better leave it there. And um, mind you, don't go swerving off the road. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk um, to you soon. Thanks. <laughs> That was Perry Groves, and hopefully we can talk to Perry again at some stage uh, during the summer and get some reaction to all the transfers that we won't be making. Well, it'll be expert analysis of the no transfers that we make, you see. Anyway, um, just to tell you a little bit before we move on about com, which sponsors the Arsecast. It is a football community site where you can join up and post stories, and it's this whole Web2 thing. Uh, it's interactive and groovy and things like that but what you can do is you can go and uh, join up and you can uh, set up your own blog you get a free blog if you want so what you would do for example is set up a a blog and then your blog would be at oleole.com forward slash blogs forward slash whatever your username is and your username can be anything provided it's not been taken already so it could be oleole.com forward slash blogs forward slash ashley cole stole my pen or oleole.com forward slash blogs forward slash Ashley Cole beat up my brother for his lunch money or oleole.com forward slash blogs forward slash Ashley Cole is a little Chelsea scumbag. It's up to you. The possibilities are endless. And I can imagine there are any number of combinations of Ashley Cole is this or Ashley Cole did that or Ashley Cole wants to do this with that or Ashley Cole wants to put this here or that there. You see what I mean? And it's free. So that's www.oleole.com uh, Now then, the man in the bar is here uh, with another player history.
4: Ah, uh, hello, there you are again, Mr. Arsblog oh, what a funny old week we're after having. Firstly, you're laughing at the old Chelsea, remember? Ho, <laughs> ho, Ashley Cole, stick that up your fucking hole, you cuntcha. And then had a bit of an old problem with me brother. Yeah, difficult situation. Remember that old Spike Milligan sketch where he's lying in the bath? And he got his toe stuck up the tap. Yeah, well, same thing happened to him. Except it wasn't his toe. It was his Mickey. And it wasn't a tap. It was a priest. I know, oh, Jesus, me poor old mother. A hundred and six years of age she is. The whales out of her like a banshee. Anyway, we'll all have our crosses to bear in life. We'll talk to you this week about an Arsenal legend, as we always do, this time it's Pat Jennings. That's right, and he was a goalkeeper, so he was. And he was from Northern Ireland, but we won't hold that against him. And he played for Spurs, but we won't hold that against him. Much. Now, not many people know that Pat Jennings had the biggest hands in the entire world. Once when he was in school, an old prankster, a guy who loved the practical jokes, came up to Pat Jennings and said, ''Here, Pat Jennings, you know if your hand is as big as your face, you've got cancer.'' So Pat Jennings put his hand over his face and the young fella goes, ''Where the hell's Pat Jennings gone?'' ''All he can see is an enormous hand where Pat Jennings was. His hand covered his entire body. It was mental.'' Anyway, Pat joined Arsenal in 1977. The old Spurs thought he was finished and they sold him to Arsenal going, ha ha, we're selling them a Finnish goalkeeper. Not Finnish. Not from Finland, you clown. Finished. But he wasn't. He was still on top of his game and Big Pat played in loads of cup finals for Arsenal. Unfortunately, he, he only won one of them. Just now that I think about it isn't a particularly good record. But anyway, he went to the World Cup in 1982 with Northern Ireland and everybody remembers Pat Jennings for his long, beautiful, flowing locks. He had such beautiful curly hair and there was uh, that came against Brazil. And three goals went in against poor old Pat. He couldn't save any of them. He didn't stand a chance, but everybody admired his hair. You can tell a well a goalie by the way he wears his hair. He retired from Arsenal and from football in 1985 and unfortunately for Pat, he was seduced by the dark side, a bit like Luke Skywalker's evil twin who was killed at birth to stop him being evil, you see. And he went back to Spurs and did a bit of old goalkeeping coaching there, but as we can see, it hasn't done them very much good at all. (laughs) We'll just remember him for his big hands and his lovely,
1: lovely hair. The man in the bar will be back with another player history on next week's ArsCast. Now then, time for our bet of the week with thanks to bluesquare.com, which is www.bluesq.com. And if you don't have an account, you can sign up uh, via the Arsblog homepage. And when you make a couple of bets, Arsblog gets a couple of quid, so everybody's happy. This week, it's a topical one. 66 to 1 for either William Gallas or Ashley Cole the little cunt, to score an own goal on Sunday. 66-1. to Hmm. William Gallas. Chelsea said he would score an own goal. Maybe William Gallas is so fucking clever that in order to score an own goal against Chelsea and get away with it, he agitated for a move to a different club. And then playing for this club, he can score an own goal. Well, it won't be an own goal, technically. But in the the mind of William Gallas, it's the perfect own goal. Nobody can point the finger at him. Nobody can say, hey, Gallas, that was an own goal. How could you score that against your own team? They they can't do it. He's wearing a different shirt. The man is a genius. A misunderstood genius. Possibly. Uh, Ashley Cole to score an own goal? I think, I think Ashburton Grove would just be the happiest place on earth if that happened, especially if it was in the 94th minute and the game was 1-1 and Cole hit a back pass from the halfway line and it hit check in the head and, and knocked him unconscious again and went in, just trickled over the line. Or if Cole came running back to get it and, and tried to get it like Phil Babb. You remember that famous occasion when Phil, Phil Babb hit the, the post with the between his legs, his bollocks, basically? That would be awesome. Ashley Cole, Chelsea left back, England international, and Boy Soprano. I think we could all live with that. So what do we think about the Chelsea game? Well, uh, at this moment in time, it being Thursday evening, and I'm recording this, we're, we're 50-50 uh, with regards to Rosicki, who could be an important player, in fairness, because he's quite good. Um, which I suppose would mean that if he doesn't make it, uh, Batista will play. Uh, I don't know what to think about that because he scored a goal last weekend and it was probably the most difficult of the three chances that he had. Um, uh, He just lurches between good and and completely awful. Um, Overall, are Chelsea going to be on a downer after going out of the Champions League in such cruel circumstances? Are they? I think they might be. They've got to win to keep the title race alive. Uh, They'll know more... Uh, about what they have to do after Saturday, the Manchester derby. If Manchester United win and Chelsea fail to win against us, then Manchester United win the league. So I suppose they're going to keep fighting by the very nature of Chelsea, by the players they have, the manager they have. They're not going to give it up. They might be pissed off. They might be upset. They might be traumatized by going out of the Champions League. But that doesn't mean we're going to have it easy. On the other hand, there is this statistic, isn't there, that since Mourinho has been in charge, Arsenal have never beaten Chelsea, which is an amazing uh, statistic, really, considering the record we had against Chelsea uh, for a large number of years. And it, reminded me, it reminds me a little bit of, of when we had the problem with Liverpool and we couldn't beat Liverpool for love nor money. I don't think we beat them for about six years. Eventually, though, eventually, uh, that has to change. We have to win one of these days, and I just kind of have a sneaky feeling that we're going to do them this time. So we are. I hope so, anyway. Um, Because what that will do is is, um, it'll annoy Ashley Cole, (laughs) even though he probably won't be playing and probably won't even be in the ground. Uh, Although I really hope he is, and I really hope he does play, because I'd love someone to, you know, kick him. Very hard. Over and over again. I'd love for him to hear what the crowd think of him. He deserves it. And then he deserves to be taken round the back and shot. In the face. With a cannon. You hear that? That's a fucking fly. Ah, it's a wasp. It's going near my anus. Ah! Hook off, wasp. It's gone out the window. My ring piece is safe. Hurrah! That, if nothing else, is a good omen for Sunday's game. Um, If anybody in Dublin uh, wants to come and have a pint, there's a few of us meeting up. We're meeting in Toast in Rathmines to watch the game and um, have a beer. And given that it's a bank holiday weekend, we might have two beers. So there you go. If you fancy coming along to have a beer with Ars Blog uh, on Sunday, you're more than welcome to do that. Toast in Rathmines is the place. Now, is there anything else to talk about? I, I, we could talk about beer. If you're coming on Sunday, I, I'll quite happily let you buy me a beer. I'm very good. I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm very open to people buying me beer. It's a big failing in my life, I suppose. But, but, but I'll, I'll still have one. So see you on Sunday, yeah? I'll be the guy in the the red T-shirt, the cooking with Fabregas T-shirt. I think that's what I'll wear on Sunday Uh, because everyone will go, that's a cool T-shirt, I must buy you a beer. And I'll have to say, oh, look, I already have four or five pints here. Look, no, I can't. Uh, Go on then. It would be uh, rude, wouldn't it? not to accept a beer from somebody. Uh, there's nothing else really to talk about right now. Uh, we could possibly talk about the FA fining Arsene Wenger again. And, and the first time Arsene got fined this season, they said, listen, Mr. Wenger, um, we're warning you as to your future conduct. Here's a big fine and, and, and a warning. Don't do that again. And then he got fined again, and they said, look, seriously, here's a fine, but look, ser- your, your future conduct, you've got to behave yourself from now on that's it you be you misbehave again and we're gonna you're going to your room no tv no playstation no supper nothing in fact we'll make you read great expectations that's what we'll do unless you behave yourself and he's just got fined again two and a half thousand pounds and they said look honest to god this is the last time that's it no more do you think we were messing the last couple of times when we told you that that that's it, uh, we censure you? But that's it. No, we were just messing the last couple of times, but this time we're really, really, really serious. No more. Given their 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 history on this thing, where initially they said that's it, and then the second time they said look no more, and the third time they said Arsene could probably he could probably go onto the pitch. Kick Graham Pole in the bollocks. Get the two linesmen, get their two heads and go knock them together. Then piss on them. Call them child rapists. Say the FA is run by a bunch of cons who are self-serving and are going to go out in the piss every night for about three years on the 5.5 million that they've just fined West Ham. And they'd still say, look, seriously, Arsene, Here's a fine of, you know, £4.50. Just don't do it again, will you? Because next time you're in big, big trouble, you're grounded, Arsene. I don't know. F.A.? Anyway, look, I'm waffling at this stage. I'm just fucking talking shite. So um, with that, I'll bid you uh, farewell until the next Arscast. We will be back next Friday with another one. uh, The final one of of this particular season, because next Sunday is the final day of the season, unless I'm completely and utterly mistaken due to the number of pints that I've had tonight. But I think next next Sunday is the final day of the season. so that'll be the final cast of this particular season, but we'll make some stuff up and keep it going during the summer. So, look, uh, have a good weekend. Chelsea, go fuck yourselves. Ashley Cole, shove it up your fucking arse, you little bastard, and uh, we'll have you on Sunday, whether you play or not. So that's it. Keep your fingers crossed for a good result on Sunday. Talk to you all next week on the blog and on next week's ArsCast. Goodbye, little Arslings. Goodbye.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself, treat yourself to candy.